When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, welcome to the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell. Today's topic is one that will resonate with just about every parent, no matter what the age of your kids. I'm thrilled to welcome Karen Moon, a psychotherapist specializing in grief and loss. Karen has a private practice in Wayne, Pennsylvania, and she has worked with teenagers for over 14 years. During our conversation, Karen shares her expert wisdom and insight to help parents as they guide their teens through grief and loss. Some of the topics we cover include helping our teens learn resilience, learning to be okay with I don't know, and how to get comfortable with lack of control. As our kids transition back to in-person school this year, this episode is a resource you won't want to miss. So let's get started. Hi, Karen. Thanks so much for being here today on the High School Hamster Wheel podcast. Well, thank you. I'm so happy to be here, Betsy. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm honored that you're joining me. Mm-hmm. Um, for my listeners, I've, I found Karen because I heard her being interviewed on Kelly Corrigan's uh, Kelly Corrigan Wonders podcast, one of my favorite podcasts other than my own. <laughs> and I heard your conversation and I, I knew I wanted to talk to you because we are in a really tough place right now, especially our kids mm-hmm. um, and how they're struggling. I mean, we're all struggling. Um, but before we get started with all the questions, um, would you just take a minute and introduce yourself to my audience? Sure. So my name is Karen Moon. I'm a psychotherapist. I have a private pa- practice in Wayne, Pennsylvania, which is outside of Philadelphia. Um, I started my practice about 15 years ago um, after a long career, interestingly enough, at Merrill Lynch as a social worker, which most of you would think like, why would a social worker be working at Merrill Lynch? Um, But it was back in a time when it was quite common to have employee assistance programs in companies. So I worked with employees with any kind of problem. um, And it wasn't mainly work problems. It was usually family problems. And Um, So I got a breadth of experience of hearing from employees with marriage problems, family problems, kids problems, and um, I mainly did assessment and referral and would help them find therapists in their area. But um, throughout that time at Merrill Lynch, um, I also sort of became the bereavement specialist. And whenever there was a crisis in anywhere in the country, um, Merrill Lynch would send me to that place to work with the employees who were undergoing stress. Um, from a crisis. For instance, I went to Oklahoma City, City after the bombing. I think that was in 1993. I can't remember. Um, and then Columbine, I went there after the shooting there because we had an office in Littleton. And then after 9-11, of course, I did a lot of work with employees. And that got me really interested and impassioned about grief and loss. So when I opened my practice 15 years ago, that was my specialty. But then about 
14 years ago, I got my first referral from a, t- of a teenage girl. And so that's been my other passion is working with teenagers. I've expanded now. I work with teenage boys too. <laughs> but I love working with teenagers. And I, and I do work with people with the realm of or this filter of grief and loss that, you know, life, um, I think especially in America, we focus so much on attaining things and building things. And we don't pay a lot of attention to loss. Um, and I think uh, it's important to pay attention to what we learn from loss and grow from loss so we can keep moving forward and attaining and growing. So I have a private practice and um, I am really, I've been really um, focused on helping people through this pandemic because talk about grief and loss, there's been a lot of that. Yeah, this is so important. And as parents, we spend so much time trying to protect our kids, right, from the hurt and the loss and the disappointment. But the reality is we can't protect them. And it's, and particularly now because of everything that's going on and out of our control. So let's talk about that. I mean, can we start with the grief and the loss that so many are experiencing and especially how it's affecting our teens and our young adults? So Betsy, you bring up a really good point. Like I, the, the, the modern day parents, their number one focus is to protect their kids from experiencing any hurt. Somewhere along the line, we all got that message that we should do that. We should keep our kids from falling down. And we spend a lot of time, money, and energy keeping our kids from falling down, much more than our parents did. For those of us who were brought up in the 70s and 80s, there was a lot of falling down. And a lot of times our parents weren't even aware that we fell down. And as we all know, we all learn from falling down. But as a parent, if you have the wherewithal to keep your kid from falling down, your your inclination is to not let them. And so I believe we have been building or raising a generation of kids who don't have a lot of experience with resilience. And with technology and money and time, we can keep our kids pretty protected. And then the pandemic comes and we have lost all of our power and control of doing that. Now, the good news is, is that our kids are going to learn from this. And it will be really interesting in a few years to see how this generation of kids really learned resilience from going through something that nobody could save them or protect them from. Um, I was actually listening to Kelly Corrigan's podcast yesterday, and she was interviewing um, Lisa Damore, who's a psychologist who wrote Untangled. So I want to give her credit for this thought because it's not my thought. But, you know, for most of time, we have looked at issues and situations in with a deficit model, like What's, what did we, what did we lose? Um, what, you know, what happened to us? What was bad about this? What was the trauma? And we don't talk much about, well, what did we gain from this? And I think this pandemic is a really good opportunity for us as parents to look at our kids, not with the puppy dog eyes of like, oh, you didn't get this or, oh, you're not having like, like that real college experience or that real high school experience that we thought you'd have. And instead look at them with, what are, you, what are you going to learn from this? How are you going to grow? And if we can all kind of believe that growth comes from difficulty, then I think as parents, we can be a little more at ease with what's been happening. That is so right on. I mean, we 
we kind of set the tone for our kids too, right? So if we're spending all our time saying, oh, poor you, oh, what you've lost this year, oh, you're not going to get that typical high school, college, whatever experience. Well, what else are they going to think, right? And I've tried to say that to my boys who are both in high school, Mm -hmm. you know, and and I've said this to a couple of parents. The world has thrown us all this enormous curveball that we didn't see coming. And we have two choices, right? I mean, we can let it hit us smack in the face or we can catch it or try and catch it. And I feel like we have, as parents, have the ability to help our kids learn how to catch those curveballs because once they're out of our house and out in the world, they're going to have plenty of curveballs they don't see coming. So I love, I love trying to find the learning and the, I don't want to say positive out of it, but. No, but there is, it is true. It is positive. There is positives. Um, I was, I I have a certificate in positive psychology. So I I really ascribe to that theory too. And when someone walks in my door, I don't look at them like, Ooh, what's wrong with you? I'm going to help you fix all those problems. I don't ignore that there are issues, but I also want to pay equal attention to what, what good is happening and what strengths do you have? And let's talk about them. Cause we, we tend to look at like what's wrong and what can we fix rather than what's right and let's build upon it. There was a study years ago, um, which I can't quote all the details of it, but it was in essence this. If you have a child in English and, and she's really, really, really good at English and she isn't prof- like a very proficient writer and loves English, but struggles a bit in math, like is not so proficient in math, but is okay. Where do we focus our time? Most of us focus our time on getting that math up. Right. And that's not her strength. That's not where she feels her flow. And then we're denying her of hanging out in that English space more and more. Right. So that's sort of an example of this, of like finding what good and what strength is coming out and paying attention to it. Also paying attention to the deficits as well, but make balancing it out. And you're also right that we as parents, we do set the tone. So if we have a tone in the house of like, oh my God, oh my God, I'm so anxious and school's going to close and this Delta variant, oh, like, and just on edge for something we don't know if it's going to happen, our kids will respond to that. As opposed to setting a tone of today's today, you're going to school today. We don't know if you're going to go to school tomorrow, but let's, let's stay in today because what we've all learned from this pandemic is we have no control. And getting more comfortable in that lack of control is is the key. Well, and I'm going to say personally, that's hard for me. I'm a bit yeah. of a control freak, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I think a lot of parents are like that. So how do we adjust our mindset in order to be more positive and, and help our kids build resilience? Any tips on that? So I think it's it's about being open and having faith. And I don't mean faith in religion, but faith in the universe and faith in yourself and your family. And most importantly, faith in your kid that whatever happens is going to be okay. And I don't mean to sound Pollyanna or (laughs) cliche, but, you know, going back to this like experience in high school or college, you know, we all had our own experiences. And if they were positive, of course, we want our kids to have that. And I use this often, I use this often in talking about college kids last year that, you know, they couldn't go to football games. And for those of us who went to football games and thought that was the best part of college, it feels so, it feels like a loss to us as parents, like, oh, they're not going to get that college experience. No, they're not going to get what we thought was going to happen. 
they're going to get something different. And that's not necessarily bad. There, it may be better. Right. <laughs> um, and so to be open that with every experience, for the most part, there's good and bad. It's not, and we, we tend to get very black and white with our thinking, like no football games, not a good experience. I'm using that as an example. Right. As opposed to like, okay, there's no football game on a Saturday. So now my, my kid decided to pick up the tuba and learned how to play the tuba or like some other door opened because of something that was closed. Oh, and by the way, your kid might not really have fun at football games the way you did. Yeah, it's a very different experience. College in general is a very different experience as I'm mm -hmm. finding out helping my high school senior look at colleges. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and I'm in, I literally am in this space all the time because it's what I podcast about and what I do. And you're right, like there's so many parents who just want their kids to either have what they had or have better than they have yeah. had, but they're better is so relative or so subjective, right? Like just because you think it's better doesn't mean they think it's better. Well, the point also, Betsy, is like the other thing that you can do as a parent is get more comfortable with, I don't know. I mean, so many of us get trapped in, well, I know if she makes, you know, the travel soccer team, that that's going to then guarantee her to play in high school and then she'll have a really good time. And we, we, we build this whole picture up and we think we know but we don't know. So again, to be open and have faith with the process as it unfolds without authoring it yourself. And um, so an image I have with that, and I, I, I say this often to myself because I need to hear it a lot and to my clients that each of us on in life, we're on our own river and we're in a boat and our hands are holding loosely onto the steering wheel. And the key to happiness is holding loosely onto the steering wheel, but respecting the flow of the river. And if the flow of the river is going left into tuba lessons versus right into soccer, like to respect that and move with it and trust that that's right, as opposed to gripping super tightly onto the steering wheel and making that sharp right, because I know best. And I'm going to tell my kid, like, you need to go right into the soccer because I know best. We don't know. And if you can know your child and know yourself to understand which way the river is going, <laughs> we're all better off. But the hard thing with that is we don't know the end of the river. And we think if we turn right in the soccer camp, we know the end, but we don't. Um, and the song that I always hold on for that is, I don't know if you remember from like the mid eighties, the song thir from 38 special called hold on loosely. Yes. Hold I do loosely, remember that. Don't let go. And if you grip too tightly, you'll lose control. So take your grip off of your steering wheel for sure. And take your grip off your kid's steering wheel, but be aware of it. You, you know, you don't take your hand off the steering wheel. Cause then, then the boat's just flying all over the place. But you hold on loosely. This is so good. <laughs> I, I, so valuable and such great perspective. And we'll be right back after this short break. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So all our kids now are transitioning back into yeah. school. For I, I keep joking, you know, there was a meme that was on Facebook that said, you know, introverts have been preparing for the pandemic their whole lives, right? Because they love to be home and away from people. And now there's all these different like scenarios of kids going back, right? There's the kids that don't want to go back, the kids that want to go back, but don't want it to be the way it is. They want it the way, quote, whatever normal was. And then there's the kids who go back and they're like, whatever, you know. So so how do we help our kids kind of, I say, re-enter school yeah. this year? Um, I think it's preparing them, and I'm, I'm like, I'm a broken record right now, but preparing them to be open to what it looks like. I think, I mean, it's just been a week since the schools around here have opened. And I've heard from a couple of people that they, their kids have gone back, or I've talked to the kids, actually, they're gone back and they had this idea. Okay. Most of them really haven't truly been in real school for a year and a half. So the senior hasn't been really in school since she was a sophomore. Yeah. And she's going back with that sophomore mentality of what school was like. And it's so different. There's more rules. There's masks. There's, um, you know, I haven't been around this many people in this long. So there's like an assault of like, oh my gosh, all these people in the hallway. And so advise them to be open of like, this is going to be a new experience and not to carry the expectations from a year and a half ago. Um, and to just pace yourself and take it slowly and not feel like you have to jump in and make your mark right away, but kind of survey the situation and, and move slowly through this. Um, because we also know that at any moment it all could change. I mean, at any moment it could get shut down at any moment. I don't think at any moment they'd say it's all cured and you can take your mask off, but here in Pennsylvania, I know other schools are different, but um, you know, and then, and, and I think the really important thing for parents is that there be, an open door for your kids to share whatever they might be experiencing and not to be ashamed or afraid. I know there's a lot of kids who are afraid. They haven't been around this many people. And depending on what kind of news they're getting, it's, you know, this variant is scary. And so your kids need to come home and be able to talk about that and process it. And, um, and again, there's no, there's no answer to this fear because, we don't have a solid answer to it unless we get locked up in a room and never leave. And then our mental health goes to pot. So you can't do that either. And, and speaking of loss and mental health, I mean, I guess it's two questions. Some have lost more than others and it's not a competition. I don't mean it like that, but some have lost family members or close Mm -hmm. friends and are really dealing with the grief of a loss of a loved one. And other people are dealing with, you know, loss of graduation parties or, Mm -hmm. and I'm not minimizing those because I think they're important. It's what's important to you, you, the the student, right? Yeah. But it's a different level or a different animal of grief, right? And, and how to help them deal with that. So, yeah. So, you know, first I'll just say in general, what grief during the pandemic has been like is this for, for those of us who have lost somebody from COVID or, or any other reason, 
losing someone during that year and a half when kind of the world was shut down in some ways was a gift because you could really be with your grief. And now the world has opened up. And so I've been grieving for a year or a year and a half or living with this loss, but not really living real life. So now I'm jumping back into real life. And so it's a whole other level of grief where most people do it at the same time. You're grieving and kind of getting your footing in into life again. So that can be a bit of a shock for, and I've experienced that with many clients that it, it's hard to get back into seeing people at the grocery store and um, seeing people around all these acquaintances. And that's a level of grief that you have to deal with. Um, there's that. And then in terms of our kids and what they've lost, again, I, I find that there's more grief from the parents than there are the kids. So again, we go back to that parent set the tone, like, Oh, you didn't have graduation. Well, a lot of these kids, unless they experience it with their siblings, they don't really know what they've lost. So to be careful about how much of our stuff we put on them, because the drive by graduation may not be great, but for them, it might be just fine. My son graduated from Penn state and um, we watched it on TV and He's he's my kid who definitely makes lemonade out of lemons. But his response to that was, I got to sit with my family while I graduated. And then we had one of those drive by graduation parties. And there were people from, a you know, from his hometown who he wouldn't have seen if he was on campus at Penn State. Now, he could have spent all his time talking about what he lost at Penn State, but he focused on what he gained by it being here. And um and I think as parents, we can help push that, you know? Yeah. So how do we identify or are there red flags that we should be looking for for kids who are struggling beyond the, I don't want to say normal, but beyond the level of grief, grief that you think they're going to do well? Like, for example, if there's a real, if there's a, a mental health issue mm-hmm. that's starting to you know, show up, like if it's turning into really bad anxiety, depression, how do we identify that? And, and what can we do about that? Um, well, you know, the obvious one is talking to your kid, but sometimes they don't talk. So it's really, it's like really watching their behavior and creating an environment at home that first of all, you don't get that the parents aren't scared of the behavior or angry at the behavior, but kind of give it some time and follow your kids. So if you have a, you know, if your kid is someone who was pretty gregarious and extroverted and suddenly they're not wanting to go to the football games in high school or not wanting to do the after school activity that they would normally do um, to give it some space and time and try to create the environment to talk about, what has changed? And it might be, it's easy to say like, oh, maybe they're depressed and they don't want to do this. Or maybe they just don't want to do that, but they want to do something else. I don't know if that makes sense. I guess the biggest message I can say to this is to, first of all, be aware and awake as a parent. Don't panic and don't get too scared because we're all going through stuff and not all of it requires intensive therapy treatment. I often find I'll have parents who call me and say like, all right, my daughter seems really depressed. I can't talk to her. I need her to come in and see you, but she doesn't want to. And I find those parents, it's better for me to say, why don't you come in and let's 
let's you and I talk about it because the parent really has the most impact on their kids. And so sometimes I think as a parent, if you're really struggling with worrying about your child to you reach out to a therapist and talk it through and get some support and help in how to reach your child. And then it may be determined that it would be helpful for your child to talk to somebody. Okay. Great advice. Great advice. I'm, I'm taking notes personally on all of this. Um, and that, you know, and that also I'd like to say too, I mean, you know, extreme behaviors, you know, is a whole other realm, like your kid, like school refusal or stopping eating or eating too much, or if you see any drug or alcohol increase or use at all, um, you know, those are obvious, but I still think it's really helpful as parents because you feel like you're swimming in the dark sometimes to get support from a guidance counselor or a therapist or a wise friend who has older kids, like open yourself up because we all need, we all need our village to raise our kids. Don't feel like you can do it on your own. Yes. So true. I I say that all the time. Like I'm always turning to parents of kids a little bit older than mine because they are just, just so filled with wisdom and experience. And they kind of talk me off the ledge when I feel like, what am I going to do? But yeah, I totally agree. And I feel, you know, our guidance counselors are so overwhelmed and it's not their fault, but um, Mm -hmm. I don't know that they're able to support the kids the way they used to back in the day when the ratio wasn't as great. Um, So, so it's unfortunate and, you know, there's not enough mental health counselors to go around either. So, but podcasts like this are super helpful for parents. So just to remember, you know, as parents that you do have, you have so much influence and, but but we were, you know, we weren't given a manual. So, you know, we need to learn along the way and talking to other people and being vulnerable with your friends, with the older kids is really important. Cause I think there's so much of like, oh, my kids are great and they're doing this and they're doing that. And we all need people who we can get real with. Yeah, true. Okay. Anything else, any other advice or tips for parents as we as we navigate the coming months, because none of us knows what that holds. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go back and just respond to something which we didn't really, I didn't take care of in a a couple questions ago. And that's this whole like comparative suffering piece that, um, you know, in your child's grade, there are kids who have lost a parent. There's kids who have lost a close family member. There are kids who've lost graduation. (laughs) You know, it's all different levels And I think it's just really important to um, not get into the game of comparing. And if that's a a message, too, that you can give to your child, too, that they're they're suffering, for lack of a better word, is worthy. And it's worthy of talking to you or your your partner about and to pay attention to. And that because I often hear that, especially from young women, Like, you know, I don't have it so bad, so I'm not worthy of expressing or getting help for certain things. And every issue, every struggle is worthy of attention. And that's what it is, is attention. It doesn't necessarily mean therapeutic intervention, but attention and naming it is very valuable. And um, yeah. Okay, great. Excellent advice. Where can people find and follow you? Because I guarantee they're going to want to. Oh, <laughs> well, there's nothing really to follow me on, but my, um, 
I have a website. It's Karen K. Moon. But hopefully I'll be on other podcasts. And But I have a private practice in Wayne, Pennsylvania. You can. I'm on Psychology Today. It's Karen Moon in Wayne, Pennsylvania. I think you should have your own podcast. Seriously. Really? We'll talk about, we'll talk about that later. Okay. <laughs> thank you so much for being uh, here. It's been so, so helpful. Oh, good. Well, thank you, Betsy. This is an incredibly difficult time in the lives of our teens. As if being a teen wasn't hard enough already, I don't know about you, but navigating the constantly changing landscape of trying to keep our kids safe while ensuring their emotional and mental health isn't suffering has been a real challenge for me. I'm so grateful to Karen Moon for joining me today. As she mentioned, there is no parenting manual for raising kids, especially during the teen years. So expert advice from someone like Karen is a game changer for parents like me. Thanks so much for tuning in today. As always, I'm grateful that you're listening, and I'd really appreciate it if you would follow or subscribe to the High School Hamster Wheel podcast in your favorite podcast player. I welcome your feedback, and I'd love to hear any ideas you have for future episodes. Be sure and check out the show notes at highschoolhamsterwheel.com slash nine six where I will include all links mentioned during this episode. And if you know of a teenager who is unsure of their next step after high school, or a college student rethinking their future career path, or any young person who just needs some guidance while evaluating their career choices, I can help. You can learn more about me and the coaching I offer at BetsyJewelCoaching.com. That's it for today. I'll be back soon with another episode of the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. There is no hood like parenthood. When you meet a fellow parent, you just kind of get each other on a whole nother level. Hi, I'm Kanika Chadda Gupta. I'm a former CNN journalist, mom of three, including twins, and host of That's Total Mom Sense, the podcast. I interview change makers on their life lessons, legacy, and superpower of intuition, aka their mom sense and dad sense. I've had some pretty amazing parents on my show. Hey, what's up? I'm Kelly Rowland. Hi, this is Chelsea Clinton. It's me, Bobby Brown. Can't wait to share my story. Episodes release every Thursday. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. Join my tribe at thatstotalmomsense.com and follow me on Instagram at Kanika Chanda Gupta. I'm thrilled to be on this journey with you.